0: So I just see this alert, and I know it's that app because it's like the orange little COVID-y circle thing. Right. And it tells me that Bluetooth is off, so the the service isn't working. And that's an excellent way to get into the 96th episode of the Overclock ZA podcast. We are, of course, talking about the COVID Alert South Africa app, which has launched on Android and iOS. It's just a download effectively, and it finally um, uses those abilities that Google and Apple built into all its devices around the world. Kevin, tell us more about it.
1: Um, well, I don't have a whole lot to say. I just missed our podcast cutoff last week. I believe it was Wednesday mid-morning when it launched last week. Um, I think it's actually a professional and slick-looking app. I must say, it doesn't mm. look like some clutch together government project like so many of these digital tools do. It actually looks slick, like they must have... Ah, uh, retained some serious developers to do this clean interface. And I found it was very intuitive. In other words, you know, it led me down a path and I found the information I expected to find there. And you know, when I became concerned about my personal data, it was easy to find out how they were managing it. It was easy to find out how this was going to benefit me. It was easy to find out what I should do if I you know received a notice. It was actually all very intuitive. It wasn't too deep in other words the information wasn't layered so badly that you had to drill 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 to find stuff you needed so in that sense very successful app i believe of course getting people to download and use it is a whole different story so i wonder how successful that has been for government i don't really know
0: um what i liked about the apple integration was that on the app store they actually did a story so they if you launch the app store it takes you to like this landing page with different categories and like the editors will surface things i, I know yes. a couple of the people in South africa who work on that product as well and so they had a story in there about this app and it was actually really really well laid out i shared it to my insta stories um on that opinion guy on instagram and yeah bottom line is it between 10 and 20 minutes Intervals when you are out and about, it will just ping the Bluetooth devices that is around it. So it works on Bluetooth Low Energy, and it will just collect um, uh, a database of like devices that came in contact with. And then, like your device, also send its location every so now and again when you move to like different areas.
1: I think it's important for the listeners to understand that it has no idea who you are. It doesn't have your name Mm. and your surname and your telephone number. All it has is a little reference for your phone has a reference for other phones that it's coming into contact with who are also running this app that's all it has yeah. so it's completely anonymous in that sense right and then yeah.
0: and then if you test positive and you have like downloaded this app and uh, you've added yourself to whatever you've clicked the box that says please make me available to this then you can in there you can say that you have uh, you have tested positive for covid-19 and then that goes to a government database. So every day your phone will check. So those keys will will be made available to all the app users. And every day your phone will check its registry against the keys that the government, that it receives from the central database. And if there is a match of a positive test, it will then alert you that you have been exposed and give you the correct ways to like the contact details and stuff of like testing centers and put you on that path to get yourself tested.
1: And that's the important part is that it actually gives you a course of action for what to do if something happens, you know, and yeah. it's aside from just all the general data it's giving out about COVID and stats and so on, it tells yeah. you what to do. A, if you suspect you're positive and if you do find out you are positive, what your next step should be. So, I mean, in that sense, I think very successful. I yeah. um I didn't check what the language issues were on the app in other words could i i suspect it was it would run in multiple different languages i wasn't wasn't yes. clear on that uh,
0: uh i'm not i'm not entirely sure as well and yeah. I, I, I must still fire it up on the huawei p40 pro plus um, <laughs> that i'm that i'm testing right now trying to get those Dex things to work you didn't okay. tell me it was the p40 pro plus by the way i just found out i saw it was like the 512 gigabytes and, oh i
1: see okay yeah
0: so, it has the upgraded, mm. like, telephoto cameras and all those things, yeah. which is great. Um, yeah. So, I'll I'll check out, out if it works on, on on Huawei Mobile Services, and I'll check back to you. Other things that we need to follow up on, Gavin, you and me, we took another trip to try and see if Vodacom would make good <laughs> on 5G.
1: Oh, man, we, we desperately want Vodacom to actually deliver some 5G, and not just a press release about delivering 5G, but actual 5G. Yeah, okay. Um,
0: and the manager of the motor shop um, that we went to in the 5G coverage area in Cape Town, um, we, we're not going to outshame him any them. more than that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looked me in my eye and said, I asked him, I was like, you are selling 5G devices. Have you ever seen a device connect to a 5G network? And he looked me in my eye and said, no. And okay, that's all means... he needs to
1: know. I mean, that means he's never sold a V60, a Velvet, a P40, an uh, Note 20. He's never sold a single one of those handsets out of his store, obviously, where they've activated the thing and seen it go live, you know. Oh, hell, man. Yeah.
0: And then what did the other guy tell us? He was like one one of the the, the non-manager people in the store. He was like, oh, you know, sometimes the network can be congested. And (laughs) I I stopped short of telling him, like, dude, how many people do you think have 5G devices? And talking about 5G devices, Gavin, Vivo X50 Pro. Yes. You have one. It's got the gimbal mechanism on the camera. It's a 5G device. It costs 20 grand. It has the same chipset as the LG Velvet. Is it 5,000 rand better than an LG Velvet?
1: So you've kind of, you've laid like a trap for me, and now you've fallen in the trap. Because of course I haven't tested it yet. I've got like my hands full of devices right now. I haven't got round to the X50. I know it would have been the first thing that you played with, but it just so happens that I had lots of other things to play with this week, um, including my um, Huawei Watch 2 GT-E um, and a whole lot of other things. I couldn't get round to the X. So I did a little unboxing. And it really is a marvelous device. It feels premium and everything. But I have not got around to firing it up for for proper or testing the cameras or testing the 5G, obviously. So, yeah. I mean, but for Vivo to come out with a 20,000 Rand handset, that's, I don't know, man. You know, because up to now, their handsets have all been like the five, six grand variety. You know, so I don't know. It's a bit of a leap for your average South African consumer to leap to a 20,000 Rand handset, you know.
0: I don't know how comfortable I am with a Snapdragon 700 series. So it's a 765G um, processor, a device with a a 700 series and not an 800 series at 20 grand. I don't know how comfortable I would be paying 20 grand when you know you can pick up a Note 20, for instance, at the same price.
1: Yeah, but it's it's tricky for us to discuss a phone that you haven't handled and that I haven't really interrogated mm-hmm. fully. So maybe we must come back to this next week when I've got a bit further with it, you know.
0: Yeah, I, ju- I just think that pricing, but talking about pricing, we have live pricing for, so context, um, <laughs> the leakers were alive today and hmm. leaked out the Xbox Series S um, device on the socials and then Xbox hit back with a tweet just announcing the Xbox Series S at a wonderful price of, like, $300, which is going to translate to about 5,000 rand without import taxes um, on our side. Gavin, are you excited about another Xbox?
1: I am, actually. I'm, I'm even more excited about the Series S, because I think this is probably the more realistic console to get, to be honest. The, so there are these two Xboxes now running. As they have been in the past, there's been, you know... Um, a Series, uh, an S and a, what was the other one? An yeah. X. Yeah, yeah, so now we have the Series S and the Series X. The Series S is the more affordable, has no drive at all. At all. Um, by that, I mean no optical drive where you can put discs into it. It runs entirely with an SSD drive. And um, it doesn't achieve the 4K resolutions that you you know expect from the Series X, for example. It's scaled down to a sort of a 1440p, which is still pretty damn high, frankly. And it still does ray tracing, all the the good stuff that you expect Mm. from a modern-day console. Um, uh, Microsoft says that this will be the most powerful console in the world when it launches. In other words, it will briefly be the most powerful console before the PS5 comes out and before the Xbox Series X comes out. So that does mean that it is actually more powerful than the PlayStation Pro that's available now. What's it? Uh, PS4 yeah. Pro, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, there is that. I, again, I mean, I always worry that, that they're going to miss the Christmas rush here because we always get the stuff on the last minute before Christmas because, you know, they're so busy trying to fill orders all around the world. Mm. Um, South Africa always ends up at the end. And then they always take advantage of the early, early adopters and they kind of charge them max premium price, you know. Yeah. But it's interesting that you can get – current generation console for around 5,000 Rand. Well, I guess it'll be a bit more once we end up with uh, the taxes on top of the 5,000 Rand. But, I mean, I really was expecting something in the region of seven and 8,000 Rand for the PS5, certainly. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm feeling like it's going to be in that six and a half, seven thousand 7,000 Rand category for me. Um, I I don't understand console gaming right now i okay. i i love my so this is the thing right so um ah. <laughs> nintendo has the switch the switch is a a glorified Fantastic product but it's a glorified android tablet It's like a middle yes. middle of the road kind of android tablet i think that's, that's a little converted. unfair that's a little It is. Okay. it is i love i love the switch i love my nintendo switch um nintendo south africa um I love my Nintendo. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So now we've we, we've had we've had like a year of just like people putting lidar on iPads and everything's like going towards like AR and everyone's trying to like do this immersive sort of gaming thing. And now you have these next gen consoles that are coming out like super powered, gonna play like four K at fourteen, like mad, mad stuff, mad yeah. spec. And yeah, then you yeah. have the little Nintendo Switch that plays in, like, 720p and 1080 yeah. when you, like, plug it into your TV and stuff. And then they just release, like, that Mario Kart Live thing, which is, like, yeah, a, little, yeah. a little toy with a camera in it. And it it's a yeah. lounge, and then you can, like, race Mario Kart in your lounge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that will sell, like, hotcakes. Like, I am more excited about that. On, like, simple, simple in inverted commas hardware than I am about, like, this all oh,
1: powerful AMD. No, Zen. no, absolutely. absolutely. Xbox, I'm 100% man. with you. I'm 100% with you. What Nintendo proves year in and year out is that gameplay is actually the winner yeah. and not hyper real. You know, how can, how can Super Mario running around, um, you know, he's basically a, a cartoon character somehow compete with Call of Duty, this hyper real bullet-spraying, multiplayer, Mm. you know, uh, environment. I mean, those those games cost billions of dollars to deliver, and Super Mario just goes from strength to strength, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, he's barely got out of his kind of 8-bit roots, really, Super Mario. Just proves that gameplay is actually the winner every time. More firepower is not necessarily the winner. This is also true of phones, by the way. Just making the phone... More powerful is no longer a recipe for any kind of success, but that's just by the by. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you that it, low power, that yeah. the clever innovation that Nintendo brings, it's not about horsepower; it's about innovation. I mean, yeah, and, and Nintendo invented you a, apply. Yeah, and Nintendo invented a way for you to seamlessly take your mobile game and turn it into a lounge game and go back to yeah. mobile with the Switch. For those who are unfamiliar with the Switch concept, it's basically a, a, a tablet with handles you add to the sides and then you use it like a portable gamer and then when you get to your home you take your switch and you put it in a dock and it pops up on your tv so you've got the best of all worlds there all the time yeah
0: mm. except if you want like a generic bluetooth controller um that that that's going to give you a hard time man <laughs> oh,
1: okay but that's a bit that's a bit out there
0: okay talking about thoughtful design the company that kind of is the poster child for Thoughtful design. I'm talking about Apple. Get <laughs> the least favorite technology.
1: company.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I12 is on, or at least the Apple event is on the 15th of September. Um, it's called Time Flies. That's that they had like this awesome like three AR doodle. Um, that kind of stretches out into the nine and 15, which is the Americanized date. <sighs> what do we know? We know that it's coming in four flavors, two flavors of standard iPhone and two flavors of Pro. The little one is now going to be a standard one. It's coming with 5G. There's magnets bolt into the back of it. Very strong magnets. We don't know why. Um, probably a squared off design, remnant of like the iPhone 5, iPhone 4, That sort of like squared off edges. And that's pretty much it. The biggest one is now 7.6 inches, 7.7 inches. La 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 la. la. No, Six point seven. No,
1: Six point seven. Yeah. Uh, just for reference, yeah. okay. Just for reference, you know, I c- I can barely keep track of the Apple models, okay. But let's just say the top one is called the Pro Max. I don't. These days, is it Pro Max? called the the biggest one, Lindsay. Uh,
0: uh. Yes, I think so. Okay. Yes.
1: Yes. Right. So let's say the iPhone 12 Pro Max, if they call it that, is 6.7 inches. Now, you know that for that, you're going to pay some mega premium to get the the big screen size. Certainly, you're going to be paying close to 30K, I would think. Okay, let's just in context understand that your entry-level phones now uh, for 2,000 Rand have a 6.4-inch screen. Okay, oh so my gosh. for 2,000 Rand, you can get, if, if a big screen is all you're after, you can get a big screen phone for 2,000 Rand. With Apple, you know, you get to like 6 inches and you're at 20 grand. And now to get to 6.7 inches, somehow you end up paying another 8,000 Rand. And people just do this every year. I don't understand what's wrong with them, you know. Okay, but that's my little rant for the moment. I mean, the fact that they can even produce a phone with a 5-inch screen is just ridiculous um uh yeah i mean i i can see who they're selling that to they're selling that to moms and pops gramps and grandma and grandpa who have no idea how to operate a phone at all but you know they get given an apple phone because that's what everybody else thinks is cool you know anyway
0: okay okay. so i'm super excited for the 5.4 inch because that's going to be about the size of the of the current SE slash iPhone 8 size, but with a, that all-screen design that they've come now, probably with Face ID also built in, not too hot about Face ID. I still love that that home button. Just adds to it adds a, a functionality to the to the operating system that I don't think they really thought about when they brought in the gestures. Besides, for that, so they've put in something. They are, but they are predicting to sell something stupid like the tens of millions of 5G devices. And the only way I can see that happening, like the order has been massive. Um, So there's two things here. One, this is gonna be the first iPhone, I think, um, without any Intel hardware. So Intel stopped its modem division, remember a couple of uh, years before last. So this is gonna be the first one without the the Intel Qualcomm split. So they won't be like underclocking any Qualcomm modems or anything. So they're getting 5G modems from Qualcomm, which are proving to be the better of them. Because, like, just from our anecdotal testing, the the 5G radio in the Huawei versus the 5G radio in the LG, for instance, which is the Qualcomm radio, like, the LG was brilliant. In, yes, yeah, in so it was a good 10%, yeah.
1: 15% faster every time, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, okay. so,
0: there's, so there's that. Then they must have worked that price down somehow because they're only getting in the modem part. Um, and it's not going to be sitting on the SOC, then I'm thinking that they are going to be so aggressive on that little iPhone 12 that it's going to come in at like $600, $700 maximum. And that is going to land straight at that 15 grand target, like in the South African market. And that's going to fly off the shelf if it's 5G. Is
1: is that going to be the 5-inch screen one?
0: The 5.4-inch
1: screen. So the oh, little one is now going to be the you're going to pay 15 grand for a five inch screen that's like a, postage a 5.4 stamp, man. inch screen Gavin. it's a, a 0.4 inch bro. 0.4 inches like two millimeters more it's going to be you- like a postage stamp mm. okay <laughs> just the context here i'm, I'm not a, a big phone fan per se i am just all about the value Lindsay actually likes small phones they work for yes. him yes. yeah and so you know i'm sure there are a lot of other people out there with the same issue Okay, but I mean, we don't have to drag on any more about this. And besides everything else, you keep stating these things as though they are facts. They are not. This is all speculation, speculation. and guesswork speculation. about what the, the iPhone range will consist of. But it's
0: good when okay. I'm right, Gavin, and I just like pulling your leg as well. Um, okay. <laughs> you have fine, a note fine. We compare notes on P40 versus Note20, and I have to say that Samsung has my heart right now. I love and I, I'm, going to, I'm going to state this again. I love the Galaxy Note 20. I would even love it enough to go for the non-5G version, which is only 19,000 Rand now on incredible connection. They are slashing the prices. The pricing was an issue when they launched it. It just, it just works for me. It's the right size. I love the plastic back. It makes it lighter. I can go running with it now and my shorts don't fall off.
1: Um, I just, I just should... love, I love that you said you like the plastic back because what have I been saying since forever? Okay, these glass back phones—it's just begging to break. It's, a, it's like mm. creating vulnerability in the phone entirely out of like an ego sense of wanting it to look like something spectacular, but it's completely impractical. Plastic back phones and even metal back phones, even better, much more practical. So I'm delighted to see that arrive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and then compared to the the ceramic back P40 Pro Plus. Um... <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> the ceramic
0: like adds like probably on the <laughs> <laughs> just,
1: like, a hundred grams. It's like Okay, yeah. Um. Okay. So what you're saying is that in a choice between a P40 Pro Plus and a Samsung S20, it's no a contest. No 20. 20. 20, twenty. Sorry, yeah.
0: No mm. contest. No contest against a lot of phones right now. Um, we'll we'll okay. wait for the, the iPhone the iPhone 12 to come out. Okay, just Gavin, remind
1: us what is the cheapest Note 20 you can buy today? Uh,
0: Note 20 is the LTE version, um, right. and that's just the normal Note 20, and that is 18,999 rand on incredible sure. connection right now. All right, um, that's down from the 21 grand that it launched at just by the way, All just right. a few weeks ago. Um, to- that is very good to know, Kevin. Another thing that is on my desk, the Surface Laptop 3.
1: Yes.
0: I'm sighing.
1: Tell, yeah? tell me you got wildly excited when you unpacked it because it looked like a thing of beauty. It looked like dramatic because it did to me. And then you use it and you realize it's just another laptop. It has nothing spectacular. I mean, the screen was beautiful. I could tell that the keyboard, which is much vaunted by people all over the world, uh, did not work for me. But then I'm a very particular kind of keyboard user. On the Surface Laptop 3, the keys are flush with the deck of the, key of the, of the laptop. And yeah. I always need my keys raised you know, above the, yeah. the height of the deck. And so it didn't have that. And so my, hand, my fingers had to dig down into the well to type. They were just a little bit too soft for my liking. But I could tell that it was a high-quality key. that a lot of people would be loving. Mm -hmm. The industrial design completely blew me away. The sort of hard edges and the flat planes and stuff were really beautiful. Their little thing about how you can actually push the lid back with one finger because they've worked so carefully on the hinge actually does contribute quite a lot to the overall experience of the product. Any other laptop, you try and open the lid, you kind of have to use two hands, hold the base down while moving the lid. This just moves smoothly. I guess it's like opening the door of a Rolls Royce or something. You know, it kind of glides. Um, And I noticed also that it was very quiet in operation. I never, ever heard the fans spin up. Now, normally to me, that means that you've built your product very, very well. It means the cooling works well. It means you've got the right combination of components. It's not having to constantly cool itself down in bizarre and awkward ways. The fact that it was whisper quiet all the time, I loved that. So mm-hmm. that was me and the Surface Laptop 3. I did feel a little robbed with the lack of gaming graphics. I felt they could have given us a little something there, you know, a little something kind of lightweight gaming graphics, but they didn't. Um, I don't know, your feeling? So, 3 by 2 screens for the win.
0: Absolutely okay and the, and the screen
1: was beautiful quality the screen yeah. was pristine it was lovely yeah
0: things i don't understand um if you are only going to have a laptop hinge that can't go like fully flat why are we making it a touch screen
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you're poking the screen and you're upsetting the whole stability of the product i don't understand that stuff either yeah
0: yeah okay. so i'm 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 less convinced about using a stylus. I'm, I'm always right there. I'm there. I am two in one for life, Lindsay man.
1: loves a touchscreen <laughs> and he likes a convertible <laughs> flip over touchscreen. Yeah, more. but yeah. I
0: don't understand a touchscreen on a laptop that can't go completely flat back, you know, yeah. or at least into like tent mode or something. Um, I mean, how, other things how would you
1: it, use it? You're stabbing at a wobbly screen. Why would you do that? I don't understand. Well, okay. I, I found if you push it, to about
0: its maximum extension then it's quite stable actually uh, okay all right yeah so you could um uh, do that i love i love that the trackpad the trackpad is a thing of beauty um i feel you on the keyboard the keyboard doesn't work so well for me either it's just it doesn't have i, I like i like a chiclet style that has like a bit of a curve like a it's a bit convex I mean the
1: key cap itself the yeah the key cap is this, the shape yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that, that my fingers can find it a little bit easier, or at least like hit the sweet spot a little bit easier. Although they yeah. are quite well balanced, so you can press anyway on the on the key and it, uh, uh-huh. it, it will register. So, um I yeah. They 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 can do something about that. I would have liked the Alcantara finish instead of the the standard like aluminium versus magnesium finish. Oh it's it's a laptop, man. It, it has the I I haven't actually used it that much because when I reset the device to put in my own credentials, <laughs> it gave me a blue screen of death and I am still trying to rebuild it. There's something oh, that surface does with its drivers that I cannot work out. And then the biggest gripe that I have is the USB ports, the USB A and the USB C ports are together. so close together. Yeah. If you can't the drive in and the the mouse cable because obviously when you're in that recovery mode and some of the on some of the rebuild recovery images it doesn't let you use the actual peripherals of the device yeah so it's been a bit of a frustration but from a hardware perspective it is a thing of absolute beauty and the the little interaction that i did have going through the menus to go to the that that was there was incredible it's really good to see what microsoft actually believes the laptop should be like but that's enough about that there were other laptops that launched um in last week this week um after we we recorded the asus zenbook range has been refreshed Ha oh, they have my heart gavin that zenbook flip s is is something okay. that i want i covered it
1: uh-huh You know, what I coveted was the B9. The B9 is the equivalent of the HP Dragonfly or something like that. Super thin. I don't just go in for thin laptops, but it had the right combination of features. It had the right Mm. sort of port setup and, you know, it had the right kind of materials and stuff. So the B9, which is not going to be cheap, I don't think. But they promised to send me one as soon as it's available. But I'm the biggest Asus fanboy, hey? I love Asus laptops, man. Yeah. I've had two Vivo books over time, and they've both just delivered excellently. Oh, sorry, Zen books. I've had Zen books, yeah. Interestingly so this-
0: enough, the new range were all announced with the Intel, what's it, the Fire Lake or Tiger Lake? The Tiger yeah. Lake, I think the 11th Tiger- generation. Uh- yeah. 11th generation chips, no AMDs in the lineup. Yeah. You asked them about AMD chipsets and they were like, oh, you can buy the current lineup. Um, they have AMDs in them. Mm. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm kind of over Intel right now. No, totally. That's, the, a,
1: that's a trick they missed there. That's a trick they missed. They must not go all in on Intel like that. It's going to pay off badly for them, I think.
0: Mm. But on Tiger Lake, or at least 11th gen, the integrated the Iris XE graphics is reportedly very very
1: very good
0: like you can do some like low to mid-range like gaming on on that sort of stuff or integrated uh, gpu that is incredible
1: we have to keep an eye on intel coming back with graphics i think they've been making the right noises making the right moves and they need they need to pull something out the bag intel because they are lagging in just about every other area yeah
0: yeah yeah uh everything else on the list yes dude Uh, we an inflection now where where these devices are coming out, the consumer-grade devices are coming out with, like, pro-grade features like 8K recording and HDR10 recording. And I'm thinking that these things aren't ready for prime time, man. They they really aren't. They, They shouldn't be put in devices. Like, 5G, you can kind of understand on, like, the premium end, but 5G will only be available to us as, as like a service, probably middle of next year, I imagine um, it right. will roll out to more areas. Uh, but right. but like they, they just high refresh rate screens and all this, they're just pushing up the prices of these gadgets yep, for absolutely. no good reason. Absolutely. With like agree. zero consumer Agreed. fee. I'm just I'm, I'm just ranting about this because I shot a video <laughs> um, and I forgot to put the HDR 10 off and in 4K on a mobile device. And then the file size I ended up was pretty much unworkable for my workflow. 29 gigs for an hour long clip, 4K clip at HD, in HDR10, man. It's, it's just, who's, so who's going to use that?
1: 4K HDR10, right?
0: Yeah. Who's yeah. going to use that? Like you're not shooting your kids in that race to load onto Instagram. Yeah. Talking about consumers, Gavin, yeah. Google Suite. I, I'm beginning to loathe it right now, but it is <laughs> something that you have to become friends with in, yeah, in look, today's world. Yeah, look, everyone way. has
1: Gmail, and everyone's going to use their Gmail from time to time. So here's what here's what I encountered this week. Now, Lindsay chortled like I was the last person to figure this out on the whole planet. <laughs> so forgive me if you've already figured this out, okay? But this was news to me. If you load your Gmail inside a web browser window right normally on the right hand side there's a little icon it looks like a little checkerboard if you click on that it pops out a window that shows you all the other google services that are available like maps and um drive and you know uh, what's a google what's the word processor called all that stuff okay so all the little google apps all appear in that little fly out window on the right but there's lots of serv- google services in there that i don't actually use so to get the ones I do use, like Google Keep and Gmail and Maps and so on, I always have to scroll through this long list of mm-hmm. stuff, like the Google Podcasts, by the way, which is a separate issue we must come back to sometime. Google Podcasts is now my podcast player of choice, my podcatcher of choice. Just because it's so easy, it ports immediately from phone to phone every time. And as you know, we change phones all the time. So but podcasts, for example, is right at the bottom of the list of Google Apps. So to get there, I've got to scroll down the... What actually happens is that you can actually move the, those icons around inside that little fly-out window, which I didn't realize. So now I just move all the, uh, the icons for the Google apps that I use all the time to the top of that little window, the fly-out window, so that it really optimizes and it's much more efficient than before. So every time I open a, open a Google service in a browser window, when I need to use another Google service, that window flies out with my main icons that I move to the top of the list all at the top now. Mm, that's my story.
0: Okay, that's pretty quick. And then, I mean, you can link those to your desktop as like Quick Apps, um, Web Apps as well. You can put them to your desktop and then you can have them there. Or you can just pull it down onto your taskbar as well. Um, you can place Web Apps there and go straight to that browser page whenever you use it and use your fancy Windows or Mac device as a glorified Chrome
1: <laughs> browser. <laughs> right. <laughs> what Liz what is saying is that is that um, Chrome is actually a kind of an environment. So these Google services run inside of what is a browser window effectively, but it doesn't look like a browser window. It's made to look like a whole program running on its own, but it's really Mm. just an instance of Chrome running in the background there. Mm.
0: Yeah, Um, one thing I found also on the Microsoft Edge browser, um, one of the extensions you can put on there is an Office extension. And just like the Office app on your phone, that will give you access, quick access to all of your Office documents, like your recent Office documents. And then you can open that as instances of Office 365 inside of your Edge browser as well. Um, I know you're a big user of collections. I haven't gone into the, the collections thing so yeah. much. <laughs> uh,
1: um, can you just give us a little bit of just a slice of what okay, collections a, a Quickie. So here I am. I'm busy researching tanks from World War II, let's say. I've mm. opened four different Wikipedia pages. I've opened, um, you know, news sites. I've opened all these different pages, all to do with tanks from World War II. But now it's the end of my working day, and I actually need to get up and leave my computer. I don't want to close all these windows, but I don't have time to read all the windows. Mm. What I can do is I can collect all those browser pages together into what they call a collection, which is a separate little feature inside of Microsoft Edge. So it's it's almost like, like a research folder, effectively. Yeah. And I can then go back to that folder and open any of the windows individually or open the whole lot of them at once when I want to go back with my research. So it's a very useful way of, you know, keeping things together. Of course, I'm using tanks in World War II as a stupid example. It's more likely that I'm researching <laughs> 5G phones or budget TVs or, you know, anything like that.
0: And that <laughs> okay, will so stop you from the problem that I ended up with today where I was busy with something in a, in a window uh, or at least in a, in a browser tab. And then realized that Edge had just quietly opened up all 40 of the browser tabs <laughs> that I had open on my phone.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know exactly. when you
0: lose it on when you lose it when the, the windows are too small to be able to like move. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't even get out of the problem you've created. Yeah. And
0: I just I just closed the entire browser. I ended yeah. everything because I couldn't get back to the one I wanted to use. Um, and that yeah, that's that's a good way to end off this podcast. Kevin, I have some awesome content going up tonight about um, colored identity, actually. So brown people like me, um, I interviewed one of the foremost academics in South Africa that I'm aware of, um, who published actually at an international university uh, thesis on transculturation of South Africa with a focus on colored identity. And yeah, it's a very topical now of the moment. And that's going up tonight on That Opinion Guy on YouTube. Um, I have the action cameras also going up later this week. I've got a backlog of things to get through. But yeah, there's some interesting things coming in the future. Gavin, what's going on on your side?
1: Um, this week, I'll be getting into that Vivo X50 with its um, gimbal camera that we're so excited about. I'm giving a more thorough look at these 360-degree cameras that both Lindsay and I have had a, a look at. 360-degree video was very in vogue about a year and a half ago, and it's gone a bit quiet since then, but I'm, I'm re-energized to investigate further with the Candeo 360-degree uh, camera and the Rico 360-degree camera, which we got from 180 by 2 a new mm. supplier in South Africa. Um, that's about it. I have uh, other phones to look at, so I've got the Vivo, and what is this? Uh, this is, <laughs> oh, like the Hisense H40, their new flagship, which is a very oh, budget-priced goodness. phone. But we, we do enjoy a Hisense phone. I have to say I'm a big fan.
0: We used okay. to. And then, and then they, they kind of fall behind on their software updates. And we will talk next week about software updates after we've experienced what the new iPhones are all about. We'll probably know right. all those leaks by then.
1: Next week, I'm also going reg- to regale you with tales of my Hi-Fi upgrade I did recently, which is like Ooh. full analog. Tell you Ooh, all about it next week. You, okay. never
0: told, you haven't even told me, Gavin. I don't like this. <laughs> at, at but the I time, shall. My home network is falling apart because of this one's load shooting. My makeshift mesh system is now just like, I couldn't even access the, the oh. you know, when it connects and there's no internet, like there's nothing. Yeah, 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 We have yeah. that,
1: yeah. Okay. That range extender is now poked. Oh, man. I can't <laughs> wait for your RAIN 5G to kick in there, man. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> good luck with that.
0: And you can find me on social media. I am sharpshooters, S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. You can find Gavin at Gavin underscore Dudley, G-A-V-I-N underscore D-U-D-L-E-Y.
1: Yes, on on the tweets. Otherwise, do email us to overclockedza at gmail.com. Exactly as it sounds, overclockedza at gmail.com. Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Any feedback, much appreciated. We'll give you a shout out.
0: Okay. Cool. I was just trying to end this call with the wrong mouse because I have too many mice. (laughs) It's
1: late. It's late in the day. Good night, sir.